0: Hello, everyone. I am uh, Jim Barton, and I'm here with...
1: Reverend Abigail Conley.
0: And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. And for the last episode, I just talked right over and introduced both of us, and Abby just you know, nodded that she's used to just letting the, you know, the white guy talk and not interrupting him. So that's very appropriate for our topic today, which is uh, talking about women in the Bible. You know, kicking this thing off, I wanted to say that I kind of feel a little bit like I was comparing this to... Uh, you know, people like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey having to answer questions about our... Isn't it true that can't women really be funny after all? Like, it feels like such a stupid, worn-out uh, conversation in some sense to talk about women, you know, in the Bible. But um, I think it is relevant still, and I think we do have some issues of patriarchy that we need to own, and I think we have some positive stuff that we need to talk about. So... Um, Abby, I want to first talk about this idea, you know, we sort of said you break it up into you have a real world, right, that has women in in faith, and then that was captured by the Bible written in the context of a patriarchy, and I want to give you a chance to sort of comment on how you think that turned out.
1: So, there is this idea that, you know, um... I mean, it is clear that the church exists because of women. And anyone who wants to fight me on that, like, please, come. I'll I'll have that conversation. Because if nothing else, Mary Magdalene is the woman who witnessed, the first witness to the resurrection. And had it not been for her telling it, no one would know. We don't even need to talk about who has been giving the money and otherwise sustaining the church through the rest of its history. So, you know, when you look at the Bible... It is often stories of men. It is often stories of women doing what needs to be done in spite of men. And it is the stories of a lot of unnamed women. There's so many times where it is, and the women, or the women came, and they don't aren't named for whatever reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, in some ways you have the kind of patriarchal narrative, and then the under girding, competing narrative is the story of women and how the women are carrying this forward um, and making it successful. And you know,
0: in, in the, in, particularly perhaps in the New Testament where we did have some of the influence of Greek culture, the Hellenistic culture, it's just interesting that that truth about Mary Magdalene had to come out like they couldn't tell the story without it
1: right and they couldn't you know as many men are named it's like yeah we had this mary and this mary and the other mary and this other mary like we can't get around that right we have to talk about this apostle and lydia who is keeping the church floating here and all of these different things
0: lydia is so important for the financing of the church that they couldn't change her name they couldn't make they couldn't forget that right um, and that's in Gospels, or I mean, in, you know, in, in the letters that were written, again, from a fairly male-centered uh, perspective. So that's, so there's one thing, we sort of have reality of faith and then the creation of the Bible. Then we have, how do we as a church do at talking about the Bible? Right. And, um, you know, we made a, a list of, um, kind of off the tops of our heads here about the of women in the Bible. And I think that sometimes those stories don't get told. Right. But also you had a point about owning owning the tough scriptures.
1: Right. We don't always own the fact that, no, we are aware that Scripture says this, and we are doing this other thing anyway. Um, and it's a conversation, it's not a rejection of it. I think that's the other important part. Because liberal Christians in particular get accused of just throwing out the Bible. right? Because we don't do a good job of saying no, we're not throwing out the Bible. We believe the Spirit of God is still present with us, still calling us to new things, still shaping the church, and the Spirit has called us to do this in spite of the Bible. And our shared experience means that we can decide to do this together.
0: So that means we should say we recognize that some of the the Gospels say, I mean some of the the letters from Paul say that women aren't supposed to talk in church.
1: Right. And women are supposed to have their head covered in church. And all of these different things. We should be able to talk about them. I find it wonderful anytime a woman reads the passage during worship that says, I do not permit a woman to speak. It's
0: amazing. It's wonderful.
1: Right. Partly because it's it's an immediate indicator that we're going to do this differently, but we're not going to ignore the fact that it's there.
0: Right. And, you know, by the way, you know, Paul also is one of the people who identifies Jania um, as an apostle. Mm-hmm. So, I think Paul's a little conflicted on this topic, too, frankly. Right. Um, the other thing, by the way, you know, we're talking about the treatment of women, mm-hmm. um, I don't think, um, a rape victim should marry her rapist. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's, it says to do that in the Bible. Right. So, let's again, let's not pretend it doesn't say it. Right. L- let's identify it. Um, what do we think about the... Um, one of the comments that we were talking about before, too, is about that Protestantism, if we're honest about it, has actually taken the patriarchy to, like, another level.
1: Right. And this is the whole... You know, well, the... Roman Catholic Church idolizes Mary, so we have basically no Marian theology at all, or Marian understanding as Protestants of what she is, of what she does, any of those sorts of things. There was a big loss of feminine identity in the church. If you are asking Mary to pray with you for the thing you need, because you need the help of this holy woman, that does something different than our system of just, well, ask God, you're great
0: yeah
1: um, if you in fact believe that um, you know this person was holy enough to immediately go to heaven that's different right. than our system where who knows you know all the saints will say something and I think you know Protestantism as it especially removed um, so many of those images so many of those traditions that had grown up when people weren't reading the Bible, for themselves when right. things were in a, la- in a language they didn't speak all of those sorts of things also does a disservice for the parts we lost yeah that. yeah
0: okay so actually I think listen, one more structural comment before we do I do think we should talk about some of the specific women in the Bible um, you said that in 2017 51% of pastor of ordained clergy are women in
1: the United Church of Christ oh,
0: Oh, in the United Church of Christ.
1: One denomination.
0: One denomination.
1: One denomination.
0: In, in seminaries, though, women are making up a, a large portion, a majority of the...
1: It depends on which seminaries. Okay. In progressive seminaries, it's 50-50, or women dominate a little bit. In conservative seminaries, that would not be true. Um, you know, if a woman chose to go to the one seminary affiliate with my former tradition, she has to be okay with being the only woman in the preaching class in the narrative. But you are allowed to take the preaching classes.
0: Right. But you are allowed to take it. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's a cool development that we have a church where we have a majority, majority of the ordained uh, clergy are women. Um, there's also, those sort of a sort of a bummer, cynical understanding of that. Right, which is that the church started out, the Christian church just started out being primarily women, right, in the early church. Right. Then it became legal. And then the women get
1: pushed out of power, and the women stay out of power for a long time, out of direct power. Because I think we should also name the fact that, you know, in conservative churches where women still have no official power, women have all the power. Right. Their husbands do not vote in a way that is unacceptable to their wives in that elders' meeting. Yeah. And I've seen that time and time again. But then... Which
0: the, is a gross, indirect way to do power. But right. it is still power. So you right. kind of have to acknowledge... Again, it's just like this, kind of to acknowledge it. And, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And then the other side of that is, you know, many people would say is the church has become less powerful. That's why we have female clergy now. Right. Because... There's not as much power there.
0: Men aren't as interested in this. And, and so now that it's a less powerful, less respected position, now the men leave and uh, allow, you know, open it up for the women again. Right. Well, I hope it... That's a bummer way to look at it, but I think it's worth identifying it, mm-hmm. so. So let's talk about some of the some of the women. Eve, of course, now we talked about at the beginning you were going to break it up into kind of two categories of women, uh-huh. which are the women who are just for who they gave birth to.
1: Right. And that's a whole whole list of women who really matter because of their husbands, um, because of the children that they have. Yeah. So Eve you argued could go, you know, a couple different ways because it's I a mean she gave deal.
0: birth to the whole of humanity. Right. So that's a big it's a big it's just who you gave birth to, but it's I guess you have to count the just
1: Right. Right. Um, you know, Sarah, I think we largely know, despite having her own identity, we largely know her because she gave birth to Isaac. Right. Um, who would carry forward? The
0: Covenant. Um it's, yeah, the Patriarch's wives, right? Mm-hmm. Rachel, uh I mean, Rebecca and then Rachel and Leah. And then um that's just who they are. As a, right. Although again, like you said, it, I do think, you know, if we're thinking about this like sort of from like examining like pop culture kind of thing, that they aren't flat characters. Right. For the most part. Yeah. Um, But who are some of the ones that, like, have some stuff on their own?
1: So, Deborah is one of, I think, the better-known ones. Well, before that, we should say Miriam. Right. A full third of the leadership of ancient Israel, as Moses is leading them out of Egypt. He's doing so with his brother Aaron and his sister Miriam. Right. Um, And Miriam has equal weight, equal power to her two brothers. Right. Um, Deborah is the female judge of Israel. Um, And maybe one of the
0: oldest... Parts of the Bible is the Song of Deborah, right? Yes. There's told twice in Judges, and the second—I think it's told second—the less narrative version, the more like poetic version—is one of, I think, one of the oldest pieces of the Bible.
1: The Song of Miriam. And I don't think Deborah ever sings.
0: Well, she doesn't sing, but they call it—it's like a poem. Yes. It's there's like this. There's like the more narrative version of Deborah. Right. And then there's like an older. Well, it doesn't say it's older in the Bible, but I think it's older. Right. Yeah.
1: Like the tradition. Yeah. And you know, Deborah is one who totally stands on her own um, yeah. as. We don't know any more about her, we don't know if she was married, anything of right. that. There's just this general named Barack who comes and says, I need your help. And she says, well, it's going to be handed into a woman. And he's like, I'm good with that, I have no problem with that. Um,
0: so Barack is either a wimp or a proto-feminist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a hard. It's how you read it,
1: right? My favorite, one of my favorite poems that hangs in my office wall is "It is not recorded of Deborah that she settled down with Barack, raised a tribe of children, and left off judging
0: Israel."
1: <laughs> and it is that amazing. Like, no, let's be clear. The story rejects all of those things that are kind of wrapped up in the Bible about what the right. role of women is.
0: And Jael. That's a pretty cool story. So.
1: Right. So Sisera is the general that Brock is fighting. He gets scared, he runs away, he ends up in the tent of what he thinks is his friend, and J.L. sticks a tent peg through his head while he's sleeping off the battle. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's intense. Right.
1: Huldah is a prophet in the Old Testament as well. Um, When they lose, one of the times they lose the law and have to dig it up and find it again, she's the one who then interprets and says this is what you should be doing.
0: Um, we have Ruth and Naomi, which are first off good because they allow the um, Bible to pass the Bechdel test. Right. Where you have two women talking about something other than men. Right. Although they talk about men of a, a medium amount.
1: Elizabeth yeah. and Mary do that too. <laughs>
0: Elizabeth and Mary too, that's right. Yeah. right. So we but got that. They, so, yeah. um, but, and again, um, I think Ruth is ultimately in the line of Jesus, is kind of one of her things. But she also, her taking care of Naomi is a pretty important. Right.
1: So other women, let's go ahead and jump to the New Testament to talk about some of the women. Mary Magdalene, we already named her somewhat, but no, she is called an evangelist because there's no way to escape what she did. Junia is called an apostle.
0: And this is a translation thing, right? Where for a long time, it was mistranslated as Junius.
1: Junius just kind of added the S because it should have the masculine ending because you can't call a woman an apostle. Surely
0: it's not a a lady apostle.
1: Right. Right. No, no, no. We can't do that. Um, Lydia, who kept the church afloat, Phoebe, who was a deacon. Yeah, you get these very real name people, and then all the Marys, and that's one of those things that in fundamentalist world is like, well, this is proof that it's true because if you want to write a good story, you give everybody a different name. You wouldn't
0: give everybody a, except for a uh, hundred years of solitude by right. Gabrielle Martin. They, he just gave everybody the same. Right, but this is different. Yeah. Right, yeah,
1: you know, I'm, I'm talking about the fundamentalists.
0: Um,
1: but no, this is where it's like, no, you get yeah. all the Mary's who are just there, who are doing things, and who are very much part of the church, and part of the reason the church continues.
0: So I think, I think it's important to name all these people to say that, listen, this is not us just being whack-job liberals talking about the role of women in the church. It is scriptural. It mm-hmm. is supported. In spite of the fact that the scripture came out of this um, patriarchy, that, that that's that was the culture that it came out of. So. Yeah. All right, well... Very good. Um, This has been, I think, a pretty good discussion. And I thank everybody for listening. Until next time, cheers.